Hello and welcome to episode 135 of Beyond the Wait with Henny and Sandy. Very excited because episode 136 will be coming to you from Henny's loft bedroom. <laughs> yeah, so and already I know people are being like, oh my goodness, the last time the podcast came live <laughs> from Toronto, the sound was a disaster. You will be so pleased to know that we have a new podcast set up. We have mm-hmm. new recording equipment and the sound is going to be perfect. Yeah, and Henny does not need to record from her bathroom because that's what happened last time. (laughs) Correct. Uh, The podcast setup does not include me with the door closed in the bathroom. (laughs) No, it does not. Oh my goodness. So it's going to be great. I'm so, I'm so excited to, to have you beside me in the flesh. Yeah. Oh, I thought you were going to say in the bedroom and that was just going to be a totally other podcast. (laughs) That's a a different story. (laughs) Oh, honey, I have to tell you what I did. I made a, such a big error. No, I you did. making an error. I can't well, even you know. It. So I, I, you know, I'm flying on Thursday and my flight is at two in the afternoon. So I had already set up my PCR test. So the, the PCR test, we go to like a drive through place. Well, Phil would have had to take me, we usually do it Tuesday if we're flying Thursday, but because um, Phil wouldn't, would have to make a bunch of arrangements to take me on a Tuesday. I decided, I said, well, I can do it Monday because it's 72 hours. So we set the time up and and initially I said, I said, oh no, 10 o'clock is fine. And then Saturday I'm like 10 o'clock. No, that's when I'm leaving for the airport at 72 hours is two o'clock. So I said, no, you have to change that. So then poor Phil had to like call them and then he's trying to change it. So he changes it to 4.30. So yesterday I had someone take me and we go and we're a little bit early. That's fine. So they do the test. We're literally leaving. It's 4.24. I look at the clock and then something hit me about, I have a connecting flight. And is it, is it from the my first like 72 hours or is it from the second so then i go on to google in canada blah 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 and it says if you have a connecting flight it has to be from the flight that is the one that arrives in toronto and now i have taken the test two and a half hours too early henny i i was like that is a mistake i can tell you because i know people that have not got onto flights because they've looked at the time because they they're going they will look at the time here in the airport and i i can't take a chance that it's not going to be someone that's really paying attention just and they just ask for the negative thing and doesn't actually look at the time i will not get on the flight the other thing is that even if i got on the flight and then when i got to canada i have a nexus card which means it's much easier because i just get the form Mm-hmm. I've had two experiences. One where the guy just like looks at the piece of paper and like, go ahead, go ahead. Another time when they said, can I see your PCR test? Can I see your um, your vaccination card? So again, I just can't take that risk. No. So then I had, so then I'm like messaging Phil. I'm not even home from the first test. Oh my messaging. goodness, Sandy. And you know, because I don't speak Espanol. Yeah. No hablo Espanol. 
that now this is going to be, and Phil's like, okay, well, I can take you in the morning. We'll cancel Diego. Well, I don't want to cancel Diego. I want everything. I want to get my another text <laughs> and I still want to work up. I want it all. <laughs> and I was yeah. like, uh, really? Is that too much to ask? I don't exactly. think so. <laughs> so and anyways, and this is yes, after yesterday when I'm telling, I'm messaging Phil like a maniac, right? And then he's sending me back like emojis, like, uh, you know, like a zipper yeah. on his mouth. Like, I'm not saying anything, you know, and I'm just <laughs> like, oh, uh-uh. because obviously this is not just my problem. No, no. It is, it is, it is his problem. It has become his problem. Yes. <laughs> I, I have the problems. He is the fixer. So, so oh, anyway, then. So then I'm like, oh, my friend Linda has someone come to the house. So I'm like messaging her in the car. Hey, who do you use? Do you have a contact? Yeah, here's the contact. Gives me an actual person's name at a lab. Then I've got her contact number. And I said, okay. Then I put my thinking cap on because I host the embossing class. And the teacher speaks English and she's Peruvian. All of the other ladies there's a Venezuelan. There's two Colombians. Mm-hmm. So, did you organize the PCR test at the same time as your as your uh, embossing class, Sandy? Bravo! You know, and here's the bet. Here's you know what? The best, the chef's kiss. Okay. Is that they came, and I said to the ladies, you know what? I'm going to try and do this all on my own. Only if I need help, am I going to ask one of you guys to come downstairs and help me. Okay. So they phoned me up, and it happened that the English-speaking concierge is working today, or the, okay. the front the desk guy. And the concierge makes it sound like I've lived in this, like, big thing. It's not. It isn't. <laughs> Anyways, Jorge was, he was working. Hello, Sandy. Uh, there's a nurse here from Unilabs. Perfect. Send her up. So she opens the door, and she starts speaking to me, and I said, oh, I said, uh, uh, no hablo español. I said, tu hablas inglés? And she said, no. I said, Okay. <laughs> No problemo. So anyway, I thought, okay, let's see. I managed it on my own. So you know what? I will be able to manage that on my own going forward. Yeah. Well, and now you have that con. Now you have that contact too, right? Yes. And big day, big day for Sandy. Big big day over here. Big day. I love it. I love it. (laughs) Yeah. I was super proud of myself. However, I, I did have to pay like another $100 for the PCR test, which really annoyed me because you know me. I do not like when money is spent no. No. wastefully. No. Even if it's not a case where I'm not going to be able to pay the bill. That's not it. Yeah. I would have rather no, no. donated me. Like I'd rather, yeah. I'd rather like give it out on the street. That's than it. Have done. Rather the, you rather the money go somewhere that is actually yeah. going to do something positive. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, Ex- that, oh. and not give me a positive test. So and I got my result from the one yesterday. I've already, like last night, the result came from the test I did at four o'clock yesterday, which came back negative. And here's the kicker. It doesn't even have the friggin' time on it. <laughs> so I, I actually think I'm going to try and show that one and see what happens. And see what happens. So I don't know what I was reading because, of course, I've been doing a whole lot of reading about what the ins and outs and rules are because um because i'm going away for a few days in december for the first time since 2019 and i'm very excited about it exactly um but i thought that i read somewhere about something that the time didn't matter it was just like that as long as you had it on the day that that was okay but that might have been about 
like a test going into the states rather than the test returning to Canada. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, it's it's the 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 requirements from the US and Canada are different. So in Canada, yeah. the test has to be taken within 72 hours of your flight or right. crossing. Right, right, right. In the um in the states, the result has to have been received. There, okay. I was going to say cuz I thought whatever it was that I was reading as you were telling the story, I'm thinking to myself, yeah. but I think you're still okay. But I think that was going yeah. like crossing the border in the other direction so oh my goodness well <laughs> I mean that's ridiculous that that happened but I'm really glad that you maneuvered your way out of the situation and and solved it all all on your own look at you I know I know I know I was bare I was like so happy um you know, except for that I had to pay, but that then I had to say, so honestly, I'm in the car and I, and poor, poor Roberto, cause he drove me and I was like dropping the F-bomb. Like, you know, I'm such an effing idiot. I'm such an idiot. Like what the hell? I was so stupid. I was, you've had, you've done this so many times. What the frig were you thinking? Right. And yeah. then I was like, you know what? It's done and over with. Like, I, and I think he's probably thinking, I don't know what's wrong with her, but so I'm just <laughs> keep driving. And I said, you know, I'm human. I made a mistake. It's okay. It's okay cut myself some slack so look at that look at like, you i went there but i pulled myself back <laughs> that's good that's good baby steps baby i steps. mean well that's half the battle right half the battle is just recognizing yeah the way that you're speaking to yourself in the moment that you're doing it right and then being able to sort of wheel yourself back up onto the ledge that's yeah. the second step <laughs> I was, yeah. I was hanging on by like my like little toes, like just. Yeah. Well, today we've got the conclusion of our series through Dr. Gary Foster's book, The Shift. So if you've been following along with us, we've been reading um, this new book, Seven Powerful Mindset Changes for Lasting Weight Loss. And every week we've been going through one or two of the chapters. And this week we've got the final two chapters to talk about. And, and then we've made it to the end of the book. So it's kind of been, it's been fun to do it this way, I think. Yeah. It, I, it hope, I hope that, uh, I hope that people listening have enjoyed it as much as we have sort of going through things together. I mean, it is, there is no doubt about it. There's something especially fun about experiencing something with another person whether that's like a show that you're watching or a book that you're reading or some other experience that you're having when you're sharing that experience with another person is different than if you're having yeah. the experience on your own and reading is one of those things that even though it's an independent activity it doesn't mean you have to do it by yourself right yeah right and it, yeah and the way that we've um you know, chose to just like take small chunks of it and then have a discussion about it. And then, you know, the next, the next week, really. Mm -hmm. um, and you, and you and I both waited until like closer to the time that we were going to record to actually yeah. read that. So it was nice and fresh. Of course. Um, yeah. 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 So, yeah, a, yeah. I mean, I think you can't necessarily do that with just any old thing that you're reading, but no. this book definitely lends itself to that For because sure. of the way that it's split up in, you know, to begin with, and also because of the topic, I think 
the topic and the ideas behind shifting your mindset and using that to support your overall health and wellness, I think that that leads us into a lot of different conversations about our own experiences in the past, our own experiences currently, and then also the way that we think about things and the way that the the way that our thinking about things has shifted. Yes. Yeah. Pun intended. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> so I think let's get started with, we've got two shifts to talk about today. Mindset <laughs> shift number six is changing from thinking, I deserve to go it alone mm-hmm. to I deserve to get the support that I need. Mm-hmm. Finding so, your people. Yeah, finding your so, so why don't you start, Sandy? What are some things from this chapter that you took note of or that were of particular interest or that had you thinking about other things? Uh, yeah, I, just right at the beginning of the chapter, I mean, the first page, he talks about all of the things that, that we do for other people in our circle. So whether it's family obligations, whether it's work, whether whether it's, um, uh, you know, organizations we're members of, co-workers, all kinds of different scenarios. Mm-hmm. And we somehow always manage to take the time to like set time to do those things, even if it requires we let go of something that we want to do for ourselves, right? And so the 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 phrase that he used was like said the time chunks you set aside for being active bump up against of the moment demands of others, and I was like, oh, that is a really I've never heard someone say that because that's exactly what it is. It's like things that just kind of happen that now what. I guess my question is, why do we always, we all, we being me, always Mm -hmm. think that I have to drop the things that I've already previously got planned to accommodate somebody else's need? What, why is it that I feel that that their need is more important than what I've set aside for myself? And I know you are guilty of this, 100%. Mm -hmm. But you're getting better. (laughs) Yeah. But. You know what is especially interesting about that is this idea of of the moment. Like, yeah. because it's not just the idea that we, and we in this case being me, not just not just the case that we um, seem to put what other people, the time that other people require from us and the things that other people need from us ahead of the things that we need or the time we need for ourselves. But it's also this idea that I have things scheduled and planned and organized for, you know, to sort of take into account everything, right? Like I've Mm -hmm. got a plan that's going to give me the time that I need and the time that I need to help this person and to help that person and to do this and to do that. And then someone, and then someone else has like, like an all of a sudden thing that then it's like, it's not even the thing that I planned for to help them. It's like an additional all of a sudden thing that now is what disrupts the time that I need for myself. Yeah. And that is, yeah, what I wonder, 
I wonder if there's something that when things happen all of a sudden, it feels whether or not that's true, but maybe it feels urgent, like yeah. because it comes up. And so then it feels like, oh, it just came up. I wasn't expecting it must need to happen now. But but often mm. things that come up don't have to be done the second they come up. Yeah, which is which is what what he also says is like these that that we we do recognize that the people in our our life who have these these needs that come up they also they need to be considered and accommodated but they don't necessarily need to be considered and accommodated at the expense of us not doing what we want to do for ourselves and how does that relate to to support because in a roundabout way that is exactly what it is is that when we want people to support us, supporting us is also not by not necessarily expecting us to always be that person who's going to do whatever it is that they need to do. Mm-hmm. Understanding that once we maybe back away from that, that that's okay. And it doesn't mean that we're not available to them. It just means that we are trying to manage our time a little bit differently. Mm-hmm. And having those conversations with people to let them know it's not supporting what we want to do for ourselves when we always drop everything to do mm-hmm. for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, because I think when we talk about support, like get the support that you need or ask for help or whatever it might be, like we, I think I often think of that as if I need someone to support me, I need them either to encourage me or I need them to do something for me. But, and so then, so then I often think, okay, but I, I don't necessarily need you to say like, hooray, go you. Like, like I, I don't actually yes. need that. I mean, sometimes I do, but most of the yeah. time I, I don't need yes. that. And so then I think, okay, so then support means I need someone to do something for me. But then also in a lot of cases, like I don't actually need you to do anything either. Yeah. But what you're saying, which is a hundred percent what I personally need in a lot of cases is yeah, I need other people sometimes to not rely on me to do something for them. Yeah. Or to at least consider that you may already have a full plate and, mm-hmm. and things that you have, that you want to do for yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, I will tell you that because, you know, cause you say this is something I'm guilty of and like, whoa, like it's, it's, you know, like, is there a, is there a, um, a scale of guiltiness. Like, can you be like a little bit guilty or like way, way guilty? Because if we're on, like, let's say guilty of like guilty of an action could be from a one to 10 where one is like, you know, maybe you dabbled your finger in it and 10, you like, you, you know, you, you made this, you made it up. Like you're so involved. Like, like I might be a 15, I a hundred and I'm glad you said that because I mean I can't I can't I can't give you that number for yourself because <laughs> I only I, I only know I only know I only know what you share with me and what I observe and what I yeah. extrapolate from what you have <laughs> shared with me, like in writing and then I, I'm reading between the lines and around. Right. But I do know that I am 
I really try to not add that to you. And I think people do that. But it can be it can also not be the right thing to do because mm. sometimes then you end up not sharing things with people because mm. you don't want to burden them with something yeah. else yeah. or assume that they don't really care and that they don't yeah. need, they're already going, they already have all their own stuff to deal with and they don't need your stuff either. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's something yeah. that's, I'm tr- you, I myself, I'm trying to like unlearn and find where is that, like, how far can you flex that? You know, I mean, mm. you don't want to be the person that's burdening. And I, burdens, a, that, that's a bad word. I I, mm. that's a, mm. I don't like using that. But do you know what I mean? It's mm. like always being that sort of person, right? Mm. Mm. So. Yeah, well, I would, I mean, so you say, you know, like, I'm guilty of it. And yes, correct. Like, I'm guilty of, of taking on, I, I'm guilty of dropping my own things to do things for others. I'm guilty of scheduling other people's things in to my own life so that I barely have time for myself. I'm guilty of um, taking on responsibilities for other people because I can do things better, quicker, differently, better. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say better first and then I... <laughs> I thought maybe that sounded conceited, like, but, but whatever it might be, um, you know, but I am, I am really, really, cause you said I'm getting better at it. And like, maybe I've gone from a 15 to a 14.2, like, like I, like I, but I, but I think here is what I, here is what I really actively have been putting in place. And, and most of the time it is working for me is I'm really trying to give myself more time to yeah. do those things. And so it's it's still, I'm still in a situation where it's very difficult for me to say no altogether. Mm-hmm. But what I am getting better at doing is instead of dropping everything I'm doing and doing whatever it is the moment it's asked of me, I am getting much better at saying, I'll look at that later tonight or I'll do yes. that on the weekend or, you know, if I haven't done it by this day, ask me again. Like I am getting better at, at just sort of giving myself some space, yeah. not, not to say no. Cause I, cause I, I'm, I'm, yes. although I am trying to say no to some things, but yes. for the most part, it's just, I'm just giving myself a little breathing room. Well, no, I think it, it's good to give it distance. And and I. so what I want to ask you then is, in have there been situations where you have done that, whether you've said, I'll do it later or on the weekend or, you know, whatever. And then when you went back to that person, they had already taken care of it or someone, they had got someone else? No, no, that's not happening. <laughs> no, oh, no. Okay, so when I'm when I'm thinking about like within my family unit. Yeah. Like, like if, if something is asked of me to do and, and I say, I'll look at that this weekend, it's waiting for me that weekend. Okay. For sure. (laughs) 100% of the time, (laughs) but no one is, no one is pestering me to get it done sooner. Like if I've said, I'll do it this weekend, they're happy to, they're content to wait till the weekend. Yeah. So, and I didn't necessarily realize that they would be, 
Yeah. You know? Yeah. And by they, I mean mom. Yeah. But like, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, but yeah, no, yeah. like my mom's been really good. Like I'm, you know, teasing her obviously, but, but my mom's been really good about like, no, you do, like, cause sometimes I'll even say like, do you need this tonight? And she yeah. was like, no, no, like, I don't need that until, you know, Friday or like whatever. And I'll leave it. Okay, no problem. Like, if I don't do it, remind me again. And, and that's yeah. been really good. What I will say, there are other things like maybe m- things that are a little bit more distanced from me, like that are easier no's where, yeah. you know, like things like at work where it's like, you know, someone, um, you know, someone is away and there's no supply teacher. And so now they're looking for teachers to cover that class. I previously, I would have like, if they'd asked me, Hey, can you do this period? I would have, you know, I would have just said, yes, of course. Whereas now I won't. Yeah. So now I'll either look at my schedule and see if there's something that's convenient. And if it's convenient, I'll offer it. Or I won't offer, and if and if I get asked, I'll even say, "Can you ask someone else?" And if you really get stuck, come back to me. And in those cases, it never comes back to me because if you yeah. ask enough people, someone's going to pick it up, right? So, yeah. so I'm trying that, you know, yes. where it feels a little safer, but yeah, but but that but those are that's. Um, uh, that's a good strategy and it's practice because when we start with those people in the outer circle Mm -hmm. and have some success, we also learn how like, uh, like he talks in this chapter also about the tone in which things are asked, the tone in your response. Mm -hmm. Right. So you, you get to practice that Mm -hmm. for the ones that are closer where you know that if, there's potential for maybe conflict if you mm-hmm. were to stick up for yourself or not to say, mm-hmm. you know, I, I don't have the time right now to do it or you mm-hmm. want to say no. Mm-hmm. So, um, I mean, I guess everything really boils down to communication, right? Like that, yeah. that's basically like this, there's a part of the support where it's, I don't feel I'm getting support because there's a lot of things coming in and I'm having a hard time managing that. There's the support that people, you know, want to give you advice on things, but you didn't ask mm-hmm. and they feel that's supportive, but we just end up getting mad about it and mm. not really just saying that that isn't what I need from you. I need something else because yeah. it's an uncomfortable situation yeah um talks about the words and the actions of others and how they influence us Mm. and and how the opportunity there is if it's not influencing us in a good way and supporting us is that we have the opportunity to turn that around and to by example use our influence to shift their mindset around health or support as we're shifting our own mm-hmm. and so almost bringing them along without being preachy about it. Yeah. And I think like, I, I know I, I, the one example is that I, you know, I, 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 at one point had gone out weekly with a bunch of people for lunch. I would always, always order first. And when mm-hmm. you order first, you will find that you do influence people who are there with you. Yeah. 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 It's also good if you know that you ordered a salad and um, that, you know, 
if you were the first one that you're probably not going to have a rack of ribs arrive when you think, oh, I thought I ordered a salad because your intention was to order a salad or whatever. <laughs> and then, but then you every- were the one influenced by someone else. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. okay Sandy, can you remember, I don't even, I don't even know if I can, so I don't know if you can do this, but can yeah. you remember the last time that you might have been out and then like you fully intended on ordering something and then you ordered something else because of what someone else had picked? Yeah, I I don't know if it was because of someone else had picked, but I think that sometimes I might have already made a decision and closed the menu and then at the last second would change my mind from what yeah. I was going to actually order. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So that that does sometimes happen. Yeah. You know, most of the time it's an okay it's it's an okay I'm okay with the decision that I made. Yeah. Yeah. Um it has happened where I'm, I maybe think I'm going to have something. And I, I guess I am influenced a little bit where I'll be like, ah, you know, they'll be like, oh, do you want to share? How about we just order a few things and share? Right. And then I'll be like, you know what, that's fine. And, that's and fine. at that point, sometimes I won't even take, I'll say, you know what, I mean, you guys just order and I'm happy to have whatever. Because yeah. it also allows me to try things that I wouldn't normally have tried. Yeah, yeah. that's it's good. One me- it's one meal. I'm not going to sweat it. I don't want to yeah. be that person that's like, yeah, I can't have this. Can I pick this off? And all that sort of shenanigans, yeah. which I've been before. So it's yeah. not it's yeah. pleasant. I think sometimes I, Im- I I feel like I influence you poorly sometimes when we're together. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't think you influence me poorly. I think you encourage me to be a little bit more flexible with my eating, which okay. isn't necessarily a bad thing. Yeah. Yes, because you know that Sunday there may be something sweet and delicious. A walnut crunch and an orange twist or something coming. Like, I don't know. I think did I, I it, think did we enjoy the orange twist last time? Not a, no, we didn't really. Like it was only okay, okay. but we weren't gonna okay. do it again. Okay, <laughs> it wasn't, okay, it wasn't good enough to order again. Okay, so thank you for the reminder. Yeah, yeah, we don't need that, but we do okay. need a lunch, and we <laughs> need one each. And we're not gonna split it. No, we're not splitting it. Okay, okay, we've got this okay, great. official. Do not cut this out. <laughs> Glad we had this conversation. <laughs> Okay. Okay. Here's here's the other part, and I don't know if this really stuck to you too, Sandy, but or stuck out to you. But here's the other part of this chapter that really, like, a really really hit me is this idea when it comes to asking or recognizing that some support or some help or some uh, camaraderie or whatever it might be related to decisions you're making about your health and wellness, that that sometimes the biggest barrier to getting that help and to getting that support is your own belief that you deserve the support. Yes. And at first I was reading that and I was like, okay, like, you know, because he says, you know, do you think you need support in the first place? Do you think it will make things easier? And I was like, mm, mm, that's good thinking. And then it says, do you think you deserve it? And I yeah. thought, well, like, you know, of course people think they deserve help. Like, what are you talking about? Like, of course. And yeah. then I flipped the page and there were like examples of like yeah. things 
that you might think to yourself that suggests that you don't truly believe you deserve help. And then I was like, oh, I fall into into that category. Yes. (laughs) So things like believing that it's selfish to ask for help. Things like believing that my progress doesn't matter to others. People who haven't been in my shoes can't help. No one, no one else here Check. understands. Me. That's me. No <laughs> one will ever, in, no one will ever understand this journey I'm on. Check. Yeah. And here's the biggest one for me. Yeah. I should be able to do this on my own. Yeah. Check. I yeah. live so much of my life berating myself for the fact that I didn't seem to be able, and even now sometimes, that I that I just, I, I couldn't understand why when I was a person who seemed to have so many things that were working the way they were supposed to, quote unquote, go, and I did well in, in a variety of different areas of my life, and I felt like things were running quite smooth. Like I've lived an incredibly privileged life in so many different aspects. Um, I couldn't for the longest, longest time wrap my head around the fact that I couldn't seem to manage my weight. Yeah. I think I carried a lot of definitely a lot of shame about it, but mostly maybe, and I'm just sort of starting to realize this, like just a lot of anger at myself for not being able to do it. Like, because Mm. that was the, that was the thinking was I should be able to do this. Everyone else does this. I do so many other things and Mm -hmm. yet I cannot do this. Like what is my problem? And it took me a very, very long time to realize that getting support to do something didn't mean that you couldn't do it. It just meant yeah. that this was the way that you could. Yeah. You know? yeah. And it's so crazy for me, like as a person who whose entire educational and professional experience has been around supporting students, particularly students who have um, difficulties or challenges with their learning. Like that's what all of my education has been about. That's what all of my teaching experience is focused on. And and yeah. so I am like the, you know, the poster child professional about like ask mm-hmm. for help, get the support that you need. Here are the supports. Here are the thing. Here are the resources and the structures and the systems that you need to be to be successful. This is not cheating. This is like you know making sure that you're you know doing what you need to do to like, and and yet in my own life when it came to my weight, I didn't feel like I, I really didn't feel like I deserved deserved any of that or yeah like like almost like. Yeah, I don't even know. Crazy. So, it just, it's so, what a crazy, like, mind trick to logically know something so well, so innately, and yet when it's turned on yourself in a different area of life, it's like, mm-hmm. well, it's not the same thing. When it is mm-hmm. exactly the same thing. It is. It, it, it is and it isn't. You know what the difference is, Henny, is that 
if you were to express and and ask for help in any shape or form, it also requires you to outwardly acknowledge. Yes. That, yeah. That you you are concerned, and you have to be vulnerable. So to mm-hmm. just keep it to yourself, I think that's what the big difference is there. Well, and so that ties into one of the other things, like yeah. one of the other examples of something that is a harmful um, message to be giving yourself, which is also a message that I give myself and have for my whole life, is I'm scared of failing in front of an audience. Yes. And so yeah. when I read that, I was like, oh, now yeah. he's speaking to my soul. He's just yeah. like taking that spoon and like yeah. digging it right in there and swishing it around, you know? Like I was yeah. like, yeah. Yeah, because, and that's, there's so many elements of that that are all challenging for me personally, right? It's hard mm-hmm. for me to accept that things might not be the way that I want them to be. It's hard for me to ask for support because I don't, first of all, want to acknowledge that I need help. Yep. Second of all, I don't want to believe that I can't do it myself Mm -hmm. even though that's such a silly thing to think like and then in addition the more people that I bring into the situation the more people are there to witness the failure yes yeah you know Mm -hmm. so so there's a lot in there that has nothing to do with whether people are being helpful or not and has everything to do with my own thinking about what it means to be supported, what it means to get help and why that's so necessary for all of us. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. So this, you know, this chapter really, <laughs> really got to me. Yeah. Yeah. It really got to me. There was um, there was a, a section in the chapter where uh, Dr. Foster talks about this quiz that was mm. designed by one of his colleagues, and it's it's a quiz that you can like take very very quickly to determine if a certain person in your life is a good partner for your weight loss. Like, so is this a person who, when you're thinking about weight loss or weight maintenance, is this a person that's going to be a really good support for you? And so you go through the statements and you give yourself a certain number of points if the statement is true or false. And then depending on your score, they're either going to be a good partner for you or not. And I was going through the statements and I was like, okay, but any of the statements that were going to be false for me and so therefore not give me very many points it has nothing to do with the person and everything to do with me so oh interesting so like one of them would be if you're thinking about your part like whatever your partner is whether it's a romantic partner or a friend or a colleague or like whoever your your weight loss partner is going to be one of them is it's easy to talk to my partner about weight well i mean i'm going to say false because it's difficult for me to talk about weight 
it doesn't matter who I'm talking to. It's difficult yeah. for me personally to talk about it. And then there was another one that was, um, I could talk to my partner even if I was doing poorly. Once, once again, that's false, but not because of the people that I have. Like, not it has nothing. It's yeah. not an indi- it's not a it's not an indicator of you or of other people who I have yeah. in my life. It's one hundred percent. Like, that's just on me. Yeah. And then all the other ones where it's like, you know, um, my partner's always there when I need a friend. True. My yeah. partner, like, you know, never says critical things about my weight. Yeah. True. You know, like all of yeah. the ones that were like about the the person helping you were like, yes. check, check, check. And then the <laughs> ones were that were like about my actions, I was like, oh, oh, oh. But like, once again, has nothing to do with the partner yeah. <laughs> and everything to do with me. Oh, I thought funny. that was kind of funny. Yeah. Very funny. I think just at the very end, he just talks about like the, in the virtual world. Mm, yeah. Right. So the, and I, so, you know, for, I think about you and I, you know, it's almost, it's been two and a half years since I left. And so, yeah. and rather than have the in-person support, you know, it's, we rely on the virtual support mm-hmm. and to an, to an extent we, I mean, probably at least like there was a, the majority of our relationship was already that just because of, yeah. uh, our lives and busyness and, and whatever, but it just felt different when it was, I think we managed to see each other at least two times a week. Yeah. In person. Yeah. And so now we don't have that. So, I, I mean, I, I was reading through this and it was like casting a wide net. That is really important because we often think that just because someone is younger, well, not some, we, we, like I always think this, maybe somebody is younger than me that I don't have anything in common or they won't feel, I th- it's not, I don't think I have something in common. It's usually, I think that they think they won't have anything in common with me. Mm, okay. Thinking about older people, we often are, are just not open to anyone who could potentially be supportive to us because of preconceived ideas mm-hmm. or notions that we have created. Mm-hmm. So I think that the, the advice to like cast a wide net mm-hmm. is great. In mm-hmm. places, mm-hmm. I mean, you and I met in a workshop, you know, yeah. I mean, so, okay, well, we met somewhere that was, you know, that you would think that, yeah, that, that that's, we were there for the same thing, right? Except I never would have considered, I never would have considered that I would have a friend outside of the WW workshop that I met in a WW workshop, you know, like, like, I guess I always thought like, I go to my WW workshop, these are my people. And then I, like, I didn't realize I was going to be taking you with me. (laughs) I'm that that piece of lint in your pocket. Remember (laughs) you are at least you're in my pocket and not between my toes. (laughs) God. Toe jam. uh, The sweat in sync is a hundred percent us. Oh, I know. I when I read that, I was like, "Sandy and I have been doing this since before Doctor Foster wrote that." Guaranteed. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he wrote it about us. Yeah, I mean, I think so. Some, t- but we've we've managed to do it in person, like not in person, but like uh, virtually, where we saw each other when we were doing with Diego. So we were, mm-hmm. we could actually converse. Mm-hmm. But a lot of it has been like we text back and forth. Okay, we're doing this one next. Okay, go, go. You know, and then we're each pushing the button, and then yeah. like. 
writing a little thing after we finished, like, oh my God, that was a killer. Oh, I really yeah. like that one. Um, and that's been, that's been fun and it's motivating. And even though we're, we can't see each other, we also feel an obligation to still do it because mm -hmm. we know that the other person's on the other end. Creating common goals. So setting, setting intentions with a group of people and then the share don't compare. So in the virtual world, nothing mm -hmm. worse than that. Support is not telling somebody that you have to do, well, do this, mm -hmm. don't do that. I mean, it's fine to share, which is, this is what I've done. It's worked for me. Mm -hmm. And the person on the receiving end of that also sometimes needs to be like, you know what? I can't just say that just because it, that isn't going to work for me. I haven't even tried it because you never know if it will or won't. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then help someone. I like that one too. So, you yeah. know, just being casting like I guess it's they maybe they haven't cast their net wide enough and so you maybe you're the one that's like intruding in it like trying to <laughs> to like you're swimming in why do I feel like this entire chapter has been about me it's just been like aimed <laughs> directly at me because all of the best people in my life are people who have like wormed their way in because I am notorious for not casting the wide net and so but <laughs> but I like, but I, I was about to say, but I like people and then I thought better of it. But like, I do, I do like to have strong relationships with people. You do. You do. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I'm just not very good at. Oh my God. That is so funny. So funny. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, anyway. Okay. I love that. I love that. So let's yeah. move on to mindset shift seven, the Please. final chapter of yes. the and so the final chapter is shifting from thinking, I can feel good once I've lost weight mm -hmm. to I can feel good now. Yeah. And the real focus of this chapter was on happiness and gratitude. Yes. Yeah. And Tim, my my best friend of, of all time, he will be so, so happy to hear that our um, you know, mutual crush on a psychologist and <laughs> professor, Dr. Yes. Lori Santos, yes. makes a huge, um, uh, or plays a huge role in this chapter. And so I was so yeah. happy. To, I was so happy to read all about that because we just, we just love her. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This, you know, this was a, a while ago. This was when the, the pandemic first started yeah. that, um, that both Tim and I took this online. It was a, a class being offered um, online about like happiness. And it was a whole set, a whole series of videos. And it's Dr. Laurie Santos who's speaking and doing these lectures. And then there were all these like little tasks that you had to do. And it was all about identifying your level of happiness like at the beginning learning about what actually makes people happy and learning about practices that can increase your happiness and then actually doing those practices right yeah. and, and the the big one that's in this chapter is about practicing gratitude yeah yes so yeah and i and yeah. i think you know this is related to one of the earlier mindset shifts but the you know the idea really that 
so often we tell ourselves that we need to, especially if we've got weight that we would like to remove, we often tell ourselves that once that weight is removed, then we deserve this, or we can do this, or we can mm-hmm. go there, or we can have this. And so where this mindset shift is particularly focused is this idea of um thinking that we need to remove the weight in order to be happy and yeah that couldn't be further from the truth yeah because happiness and gratitude are very different and i think people get those confused right yes um so it I, so I, I mean, I was thinking about that. I'm like, yeah, yeah. So happiness, we also, uh, I often is contingent on something that hasn't happened yet. Mm. When gratitude is just being aware of something that is, as you're already have experienced or experiencing, or is it, it's accessible. I think that was the one thing that, that was said is like, um, gratitude is always accessible. It's all of the small things. I, I remember when you were taking the course and, and it's actually written in this chapter somewhere it's about savoring and I remember there was a whole you had a whole week I think it was about yeah. savoring that was savoring. that was one of the strategies yeah yeah was was savoring things and and then there was there's also a quiz or in this chapter also right and I know, so I, I, I love a quiz yeah, I, I scored poorly, as you can imagine, by looking at that. Like at first, and then I was like, ooh, I scored really, really bad. And so then I was like, I got to go back. Oh my back. goodness, did you do it again just to No, I didn't. No, I, <laughs> I, I, I did consider it though. And then I thought, no, but your first answer is always the, the one you should stick with yeah. because you haven't overthought it, right? When, when we have a practice of gratitude, when we make it a point to identify the things in our life that are worth being thankful for or grateful for or happy about, um, you know, that number one, the more we do that, the easier it becomes. Yeah. Number two, it really focuses us on where we are right now. Mm-hmm. Because if I have to identify what I'm grateful for or what I'm happy about in this moment, then I have to think about this moment. Yeah. I can't think about what happened before and I can't mm-hmm. think about what may or may not happen because I'm thinking about what is it in this moment that is making me happy or in this moment that I'm that I'm grateful for or about, right? Yeah. And so I think it really grounds you that way. Um, and the other thing is what you said also is that, you know, gratitude is a practice that is available to any one of us at any time. Yeah. And, and there was a real focus in the chapter about how small the things can be. Yeah. Yeah. And, and small things can really make a big difference, especially when you like add all those little tiny, small things up, right? Like when you, when, when you get going about all the small things, you know, often all of those small things, I would think, certainly if I think about in my life, you know, all the small things often outweigh the one, you know, yeah, really negative thing that is feels like it's weighing me down, right? Right. Yeah. Um, and it's definitely in the WW world, you know, when you're thinking about 
weight related uh, progress, I guess, we could say that really identifying what are the things that I'm grateful for, happy about where my weight is concerned. I mean, it could be a lot of things, right? And mm-hmm. and and all of those things tend to be, you know, the the those NSVs, right? Those non-scale degrees. Yeah. Like when I see the number on the scale go down, I'm not actually happy that the number is down. Like I I'm what what is making me happy is how I feel because of it. Right. Or, the things that I did that got me there or, you know, mm-hmm. like the number in itself doesn't have value. Right. I think, for, I think for some of it, some of us, I think it does. And I think that's something that maybe, you know, some of us are working towards lessening that value, but, um, you know, just but, thinking about all of the things that, you know, like I'm, I'm so happy that I, you know, wasn't stiff when I got up or I'm so happy that I, you know, was able to feel comfortable when I put this on, or I was so happy that I, you know, like there are all these other little things that, that even when the number on the scale isn't cooperating, I can still see there are other things in my life that are, or where my weight is concerned, that I can still be. But I I think just, just listening to you there, I, it struck me that even when the number, if the number is going down, it's not the feeling that you're getting from seeing that number go down, but it's all of the things that got you like that, that contributed to that, that number going down. And so it's, it's actually like, you know, a reward for, you know, moving my body for eating, you know, for fueling it, in a, in a great way for, you know, being kind to it. It's, it's all of those things. And I actually have never really thought about that. It, yeah. I just thought, because those are the reasons that that's not, not always, but they do contribute to the number on the scale moving in either direction. direction. So, yeah. yeah. And the gratitude thing, I mean, you know, I, I mean, I'm sitting here right now, and if I, you asked me, like, you know, right, right this second, looking, well, I'm, I'm, I'm grateful for the technology that allows me to have this conversation with you yeah. and to actually see you face to face. Yeah, I, I, I'm, gr- I'm grateful for that. Um, you know, there's a beautiful, um, there's flowers sitting on the table um, that, you know, were bought a week ago Saturday. I'm, I, that's, I'm grateful that they still are so beautiful after, you know, all that time. I can hear the birds, mm-hmm. you know, and it's, it's lovely. And sometimes those things are in the background and we don't recognize mm-hmm. that those are the things that, that are actually, we do feel some gratitude for. Yeah. I guess this gratitude is a big word. Yeah. Like I, I think that, that when we say it, it's one, it's overused. Yes. And, uh, marketed. And yes. so yes. I think that because of that, it's scary. Yeah. Yeah. And it also feels kind of like cliche-ish. You know? Yeah. Like, it like, has the potential of feeling not genuine. Yes. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, I mean, me, I the first, I love the first coffee in the morning. Like, I, I actually, like, I am so grateful for that. And I savor that, Henny. That yeah. is what I am savoring. The, the one thing that, that uh, Dr. Foster talks about in the book when you're thinking about 
things that you're grateful for. Like he says over and over again, it, it nothing is too small. Yeah. Um, but he also says that the more specific you are, the better. Yeah. Because he's, and this was really interesting to me because he said, it's really easy for us. And this, I think, ties into your idea about gratitude being disingenuous potentially, right? Because if you you know, wake up every morning and you say, oh, I'm grateful. For, I'm glad, like, I'm grateful for life. I'm, I'm grateful for my family. I'm grateful for like, like those are big blanket comments yeah. that don't actually mean too much. Right. Right. And so yeah. he says, when you're really specific about the really small things, he's mm -hmm. like, first of all, it you have to be very conscious about making those decisions to say, this is the thing. This is the one little tiny thing that I'm super happy about right now. Yep. Um, but he said, also, it keeps it new and exciting. Yes. So you never get complacent in your identification of good things or in your yeah. gratitude because you're constantly picking the little like you know then it, it's like a new thing so it's and even for you to say like here are the things that I here are the good things in my life right at this very moment you didn't say it's good that I'm talking to you yeah you were so specific to say it's so good that we've got this technology that allows me to talk to you and see you all at the same time like that's a yes. really specific thing that you're identifying as being so good and tomorrow when you talk to me via text it's going to yeah. be different because right. you're still going to be grateful to talk to me I hope <laughs> <laughs> but in a very different way right yes yeah the f the very final page of the book is labeled final thoughts and yeah. there there are a couple of sentences on here that I thought I needed to read because I feel like we need to close this off with Dr. Foster's words and they're just okay. so perfect. So this this is what Dr. Foster writes. Remember that your weight is not your worth. That you are worth taking care of no matter what you weigh and that any weight loss journey is best grounded in the belief of your own value as it is today right now. Yeah. And then yeah. he says, I wish you great success on your journey. And I'll say it one final time. Be patient. Be kind to yourself. Mm. And you know, you know what else I'm grateful for? I'm grateful that the library has the audio version of this book. So and you Dr. can hear Foster... Dr. Foster say those words in his own voice to you. Yeah. What a fun, fun time reading this book with you and breaking yeah. it down. Yeah, I agree. It was, uh, thank you for, I'm grateful for having such a good friend who's always thinking about me, even though I'm so far away, and bought me this book, paid a crazy amount of postage, and sent it to me, and then I got this book, and before, because it was on my list to buy when I went home. But you needed it before you came home. Obviously. Well, I'm glad that we got to read this together and that we got yeah. to, uh, you know, have so much time to chit chat about it. I'm really also glad that we've got so many people um, who are listening to us. I, I've heard yeah. even in the last couple of days, I've heard from three different people who mentioned the podcast. Like, And yeah. I'm just always amazed that people are even listening to us. Yeah. Like, so yeah. so it's, yeah, it's yeah. pretty delightful. We... Uh, 
we really appreciate everyone who is a part of our social circle, who's listening to us, who, who connects with us, who, you know, uh, tells us things that that they've heard that they liked or that they laughed at or, yeah. or have ideas for other things for us to read or or watch or or talk about. So absolutely, really, we really appreciate our listeners. Yeah, yeah, and we're grateful for that. We're grateful for the platform to be able to do that and that that people, you know, yeah, yeah, it's listening to us. It is so. It's it is amazing. So and what's even more amazing <sighs> is that next week we're gonna have our funky new podcast set up we are which is super exciting super exciting and we have a special treat which i'm not going to say anything more about chat with you later ciao